The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Start! You can call me Bruce. Bruce Nolan is standing by. Hey, wacky Bruce! Coming to you from an undisclosed location, this is the Bruce Exclusive. And here's your host, Bruce Nolan. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to another edition of the Bruce Exclusive. A Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bruce Exclusive. Welcome back to a special Friday edition of the Bruce Exclusive. And the reason why this is a special edition is because we typically almighty take our way into the future. But tonight, or this morning, or this afternoon, or dusk, or whenever you happen to be listening to this podcast, we are going to almighty take our way into the future and almighty take our way to the past. We might almighty take our way back to the future. Yeah. If I had enough characters to fit that into a podcast title, I totally would. But because of the unique week that happened last time we played the Titans, which We're trying to scrub that from our memory. Because of that weird week, I wasn't able to do a typical Friday podcast where I respond to your almighty takes. So what I decided to do is we're going to have a little bit of fun today. We're going to go back and look at the almighty takes from prior to the Titans game with all the knowledge we now have about the Titans game. So it should be fun. And we'll see who had a good take who had a bad take, who needs to hashtag take the L, and who gets to hashtag take the W. Then we're also going to do the almighty takes for next week, next game anyway, which will happen Monday night, currently scheduled, at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time against the Kansas City Chiefs. So we're going to almighty take our way into the future and almighty take our way back to the past. For those of you who do not know, you can hit me up with your almighty take of the week on Twitter, on Instagram, hashtag me, almighty take. I will go back through, search for that hashtag, 
copy all that stuff into a Word document, and we will get rolling every Friday during the year. I'm not quite sure how we're going to do Almighty Takes in the offseason. I don't think we'll probably do it every week. We may do it before free agency, before the draft, things like that. So, without further ado, let's dive into it. Alex McEnroy said before the Titans game that, here's my Almighty Take, Bruce. The same Titans team that shut down the Ravens' rushing attack goes all in to stop the Bills' pass. Buffalo exploits this and racks up 180-plus on the ground, Allen included. Buffalo wins, but Josh Allen has a sub-300-yard game with only one passing touchdown. The media jumps on this and incorrectly throws out the term regression to the mean when describing Josh, even though the rush attack was the simplest path to victory. P.S. Cookies should be soft, not crumbly. First off, let's address the most important take here, which is the cookie take. Cookies should absolutely be soft, not crumbly. The reason why I use the phrase crumbling their cookies is a reference to Bruce Almighty, the movie from which my pseudonym is lifted. I prefer my cookies to be soft, just like you. Now, in regards to the Titans take, obviously, Josh Allen did have a sub 300 yard game, but had two passing touchdowns and the rushing offense was not able to get off the ground against what was statistically not a great Titans run defense. One of the reasons why I suspect that the Bills had some flirtation with Le'Veon Bell is currently 8.16 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Thursday evening. And at this time, it has already been revealed that Le'Veon Bell is going to the Chiefs. One of the reasons why I suspect there was flirtation there is because the Bills are probably not happy with the play they've gotten overall from their running backs and are looking for an opportunity to improve there. So, the Bills did not win. It did not go great overall, though I do think that those teams are closer to being equal from a talent level and a coaching level and an overall quality of team than the final score indicated. The Titans had four touchdown drives of 30 yards or less. That's what you call getting complimentary football from a Tennessee perspective. Not so much from a Buffalo Bills perspective. So that take didn't quite happen the way we wanted it to. Now, the next take is actually a user-submitted question, but I'm going to allow it because I think it's interesting. First off, whoever sent me this message, please send me another message on Twitter because I completely forgot to label it and I deleted the message after I copied and pasted it into my document so I don't have the name of the person who sent it. The question is, has the involvement of the Bills offense contributed to the decline of the Bills defense? Watching the Bills this year, I've been trying to reconcile how a defense with the same coaching staff and mostly the same players have gone from a dominant top three unit in 2018 and 2019 to what we are seeing this year. I can't help but think back to a quote we were given by Bills media this preseason, credit to Nick Wojden at the Bills Wire. This preseason, Micah Hyde was quoted referencing the Bills' offense. Quote, but now we're at a point where we're just as excited for this offense as they are. There's a bunch of weapons. They get after us in practice. There's some times when they get a quick two-minute drive on us and we get back to the sideline and we're like, dang, what just happened? They got four or five big plays on us and we're off the field. Unquote. Do you think it's possible, probable, or highly probable 
that the Bills defense practicing against the Bills offense has changed the psychological edge of the Bills defense. Has the success of the Bills offense in practice removed confidence and placed the Bills defense on their heels? I am imagining a Bills defense in 2018, 2019, dominating underperforming Bills offense in practice and having that success translate into a confident defense come game time. Are we seeing the opposite of that now? First off, I appreciate this question because it's not something that I've been posed previously and I had to think about it for a little bit to determine how I wanted to respond. I do not think it's a major factor in defensive regression this year. I think the defensive regression this year comes down to a couple different factors. The first one being injuries. Matt Milano being out, Tremaine Edmonds playing hurt, Tredavious White missing a game. That's the first thing and the most obvious thing. The Bills had an unusually successful bill of health in 2019. We talk about regression to the mean when it comes to talent level and skills, and there are other things that regress to the mean, specifically things that are kind of based on luck. I know that we like to champion as a fan base the Bills' medical facilities and their training facilities for the lack of injuries that the Bills have sustained over the last year or so. And that may be a contributing factor. But part of injuries is just luck. Part of that just happens. And when you have a large sample size, eventually you're going to regress to the mean. And that's part of what injuries are. So that's one factor. The second factor is there's a lot of new pieces up front for the Bills defensive line. Quentin Jefferson, Vernon Butler, A.J. Epinesa, Mario Addison. There's a lot of new pieces up front. Starletule, the stalwart one technique that we're used to seeing there, is not there. And you're starting to see this occur when you watch the upfront unit try to have games and studs. For example, against the Titans, there's a particular play when a defensive tackle pushes the guard out of the A-gap and Jerry Hughes, who is on the defensive tackle side, sees this and attempts to loop in behind the defensive tackle to get into that A-gap. The defensive tackle doesn't feel Jerry Hughes doing that and himself tries to swim over to that A-gap. Now you have two people on the Bills defensive line in the wrong spot, which has created an imbalance in the defensive line. Ryan Tannehill takes advantage of this and squirts out the backside after Jerry Hughes crashed down expecting the defensive tackle to continue on his path and replace Jerry Hughes, generally speaking, in that area. That didn't happen. We talk a lot about cohesion when it comes to offensive line play, and that is a bigger part of offensive line play than defensive tackles and defensive ends, for sure. But there is part of this that comes along with not having practice the way that you have historically had practice and not having preseason the way you have historically played preseason. There's no question it's a concern, but there are reasons. Levi Wallace being out is a unfortunately bigger deal than we think. In addition, you've had some regression from Taron Johnson, who has not played as well. And you add all these things together and you end up with a Bills defense that hasn't played overall as well as we had expected. Now, I will say the last two weeks as the defensive tackle rotation has gotten figured out, the run defense has gotten better. Josh Jacobs and Derrick Henry both did not have overly successful games 
against the Bills' defensive front. And I'm hoping now that that defensive tackle situation has normalized, it will allow the comfort level of the defensive line to increase now that those positions have been settled, which will take care of another one of the issues that is on the checklist in regards to why the Bills' defense has struggled. So I think it's multiple parts. I would not say that the psychological edge that comes from dominating a bad offense in practice is a large part of it. I do think that getting confidence in practice is important for players. However, after the first week or two, that probably shouldn't be an issue, even if it was a significant piece. Josh Allen Stan says, okay, about the Titans game. Almighty take. Buffalo doesn't dominate, but comfortably wins. Last week looked like some players were hurt. We know this Titan team has done a down a ton of staff and players, so I think we try to play conservative to prevent injuries. We can't afford to look to next week, though. Vrabel is still a good coach, and the Titans are talented. Well, the Bills didn't comfortably win. The Bills actually comfortably lost at this point, comfortably to the point where we saw Matt Barkley at the end of the game because the win probability was so low as to pull Josh Allen to have him not get injured. I do think that Mike Vrabel is a good coach, and I do think the Titans are talented. I also think, as mentioned previously, that the Bills and the Titans are a lot closer than that final score indicates. In addition, the Titans didn't end up being down as many players as we thought because the game got pushed to Tuesday and some players were able to make it back off of the COVID list before they played on Tuesday. Ethan says, it might be too late for your almighty takes. Not so much this time. Josh Norman steps up this week, gets an interception, and leads to a good defensive game if they play. Josh Norman was okay against the Titans. Some of the passes that were completed on Josh Norman were situations where he was in good coverage. It was just a great throw and a great play by the receiver. And to that, you just you take your hat off to him and say, listen, you're not going to get every single play. I do contend that the pass interference call that was kind of a question on social media was actual pass interference. I got a screen cap of the receiver trying to break away and Josh Norman holding his left arm with both of his arms. And I do think that that was pass interference. I understand why you see it in fast motion and you might not think so. May it have been a little bit ticky-tack? Sure, may have been a little ticky-tack. But overall, Josh Norman was eh. We have an encouraging game from Josh Norman against the Raiders. And then we had a eh game for Josh Norman against the Titans. I'm not hitting the panic button on Josh Norman. And you know me, I'm the first one to hit the panic button on Josh Norman. We need more data. We need more data on Josh Norman. We need statistically significant data. We need sample size. Go listen to yesterday's pod if you didn't get a chance to do that. We need sample size when it comes to Josh Norman. Soul Patchen says, at Bruce Exclusive, for my almighty take, Brett Favre's comments on Josh Allen is the confirmation that General Josh has arrived. The Raider game is the new floor for Josh Allen. Too bad hashtag new era isn't going to be around for the new era of the Buffalo Bills and Bills Mafia. For those of you who do not know, these are the comments that Brett Favre made on Sirius XM satellite radio about Josh Allen. Quote, what we're seeing now is he's taking it to the next level. He's winning games. He's putting an exclamation point on the game itself week in and week out. 
I think for Buffalo fans in the organization, it's what you've been waiting to see. And you've gotten it. His time is now. And I think it's going to be for quite a while. I think Josh Allen will be the new Tom Brady. At some point, he will be running the division. I believe that. End quote. Those are some very, very bold words from Brett Favre. Brett Favre apparently not just a gunslinger when it comes to his arm. Also a gunslinger when it comes to the takes. Absolutely a ballsy, gunslingery take from Brett Favre. My response is that comparing any quarterback to a quarterback that a lot of people think is the greatest of all time is a bad idea. It's one of the reasons why when draft prospects come out, I don't compare defensive tackles to Aaron Donald. And I don't compare defensive ends to Bruce Smith. Because it's just an unfair comparison. So the idea that not only are you comparing them, you're equating them. He didn't say Josh Allen's going to be like Tom Brady. There was no simile there. It was an equating term. Josh Allen is Tom Brady. I think that's just insane at this point. I think that Josh Allen's floor, his new floor anyway, might have been the Titans game. Because that's clearly lower than the Raiders game. And if that is the floor, as I mentioned yesterday, that's okay. But... If at the end of this year, Josh Allen has multiple sets of multiple games where he's playing as well as he played the first four weeks of this season, you pick up his fifth-year option. You might even extend him at that point. We'll talk about that when that comes. But those first four games were spectacular from Josh Allen. But Tom Brady has been a great quarterback for almost 20 years. Any comparison of that measure, I'm never going to be on board with. It's too hyperbolic for me. I just can't get on board. Hyperbole, as you probably know, not really my thing. Too much. Michael D'Angelo says, Allen and Mahomes will be this generation's Manning and Brady. Tell me I'm wrong. Hashtag almighty take. Well, I can't tell you you're wrong. I can tell you that Allen and Mahomes being this generation's Manning and Brady in the AFC would be very exciting for Buffalo Bills fans. It'd be even more exciting if Allen was the Brady and Mahomes was the Manning because Brady was the quarterback of more Super Bowl winning teams during that rivalry, if you can even call it that. I don't think we're quite there. Mahomes has a league MVP, a Super Bowl MVP. We're not there. But if Allen finishes this year the way he's currently trending, and the Bills make some noise in the playoffs, and he does it again next year, there could be something that sort of develops, especially if the Bills end up playing the Chiefs in the playoffs. It could be one of those wonderful quarterback rivalries that we would have loved to have been a part of this millennium, but we never had a quarterback. So I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. I'm just going to tell you it's too early. Donald Duffy says, at Bruce Exclusive, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes will throw for a combined 850-plus yards on Monday and a combined 7-plus passing touchdowns. Buffalo will prevail and pull off a big win. Hashtag almighty take. All right, when it comes to probability buckets, I'm going to put this in somewhat improbable. 850 yards, 425 a pop, 3 and 4, 
probably improbable, but not insane. I'm not going to put in highly improbable because Josh Allen's thrown for 400. Patrick Mahomes is thrown for 400. Is it insane that they would throw at 400 simultaneously, especially given the status of this current pass defense for the Buffalo Bills? Probably not. I'm going to put this in somewhat improbable, Mr. Duffy. Allen says, at Bruce Exclusive, my almighty take for the Kansas City game, TJ Yeldon will have more touches than Devlin Singletary. Bill's going with a hot hand, as many teams do. I was happy with the play of TJ Yeldon in short yardage against the Titans. I do not think that one game where Devin Singletary struggled to get it going is going to be enough to seed touches in their plurality to TJ Yeldon. I'm going to go highly improbable here, but I love the take. I love how out of the box thinking it is. Typically, you see the same stuff when it comes to statistics, and this one's an interesting one. Alan, I really appreciate you bringing that to my attention. Ladies and gentlemen, that's it. It's a 20-minute podcast. For Friday, I'm going to let you get back to it. Whatever it was you were doing, whether you were at the gym, whether you're driving, whether you're chilling like a villain, whatever it is you find yourself doing, I appreciate that you did it with me today. And that's the way the cookie crumbles. I'm Bruce Nolan, Buffalo Rumblings. less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.